Good day to you fine people of God. I'm Pastor Cole McClendon coming to you from Central Assembly of God, Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. I trust that you will find great value in listening to this message today. My hope is that you're encouraged and strengthened by the word given and that you will return to this site frequently to listen in. Be blessed. Happy Mother's Day. All of our moms in-house, stand up. We want to honor you this morning. God bless you. We love you, moms. So thankful for you that you are in our lives, and we couldn't do it. We wouldn't be here without you. So we love you, moms. God bless you. Amen. I hope you've treated your, the mom of the household well today, and have honored them, and it's so good to see you guys. We've missed you so much. Air hug. Air hug. Good to see you. I'm blowing you a kiss online. So good to have all of you with us. We've so many, It's awesome. It was awesome being here in the house uh, this morning, having service right now in the worship time. It's just different. There's no way to go around it. There's a reason that the Lord... Uh, tells us in Hebrews chapter 10, do not forsake the assembling of yourselves together. Um, it's not only a constitutional right, it's a biblical right and recommendation, strong recommendation. So um, we are glad that you are here with us today. Let, let me say before I get into the word this morning that if you're listening to us online, you need to get the uh, communion emblems, uh, if, even if you don't have grape juice um, or you don't have uh, non-leavened uh, bread, uh, find some emblems, uh, okay? So I don't care if it's orange juice, uh, if you have to, you don't, don't go brew some tea or coffee, but, uh, you know, get some water, but do what you have to do to have uh, the communion items ready. But at the end of my message today, we're actually going to have communion. And so you in-house, obviously, you have already been given the communion uh, items for you to have. Amen. Praise the Lord. I don't think I've missed anything. And so I want to get into the word. My message today is titled, Won't Let Go. Won't let go. I'm going to start this story with this announcement. It is not about me. This is not about me. Some years ago on a hot summer day in South Florida, that's why I said it's not about me, a little boy decided to go for a swim in the old swimming hole behind his house. In a hurry to get to dive into the cool water, he ran out the back door, leaving behind shoes, socks, and a shirt. As he went, he flew into the water, not realizing that as he swam toward the middle of the lake, an alligator was swimming toward the shore. His mother in the house was looking out the window and saw the two as they got closer and closer together. In utter fear, she ran toward the water yelling to her son as loudly as she could. Hearing her voice, the little boy became alarmed and made a U-turn to swim to his mother. It was too late. Just as he reached her, the alligator reached him. From the dock, the mother grabbed her little boy by the arms just as the alligator snatched his legs. That began an incredible tug of war between the two. The alligator was much stronger than the mother, but the mother was too passionate to let go. A farmer happened to drive by and heard the screams. So he rushed from his truck, took careful aim, and shot the alligator. Remarkably, after weeks and weeks in the hospital, the little boy survived. His legs were extremely scarred 
by the vicious attack of the animal. And on his arms were deep scratches where his mother's fingernails had dug into his flesh in an effort to hang on to the son that she loved. The newspaper reporter who interviewed the boy after the trauma weeks later asked if he would show him his scars. And the boy lifted his pants legs. And then with obvious pride, he said to the reporter, but look at my arms. I have great scars on my arms too. I have them because my mom wouldn't let go. Every one of you listening to me right now can identify with the little boy. We all have scars, though not from an alligator, hopefully. Before I go any further, I just want to mention this. I'm so proud of those of you that are here this morning, but I want you to understand something. If you're listening to us online, you're still listening to us on Facebook. We've provided this and will continue to provide this. Really, we're going to continue to do this forever at this point. But I want you to feel no condemnation if you're not in the service in the building this morning. I don't want that approach being taken by anyone that's a part of this congregation I want you to know and understand that your pastor specifically has conveyed to everybody in leadership and beyond that wherever you're at on the faith spectrum, it's okay. I want you to be safe and deal with this thing the way that you feel you need to deal with this thing. And I have no condemnation to how you stand and where you stand on this issue. I love you and I, and I will continue to love you till the day I get to see you face to face and hug your neck for real. So we all have scars, but again, hopefully not from alligators. Why do I say that? Because Romans 3.23, many of you could quote it. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. That means all of us have scars. Some of you have scars from a painful past. You got yourself into situations you wished you'd never got into. And some of those scars are unsightly and have caused you deep regret. And I wonder who I'm talking to right now. Maybe you're in the service. Maybe you're listening to me online. That you have deep wounds that in reality you inflicted on yourself. You never intended for it to get that bad when you took that first drink. You never thought, and it's not drinking coffee. You never thought that when you took those first drugs or that smoked that first weed that it would go that far. Come on, somebody, you're listening to me. You never thought that when you went to that first time and you rolled the dice or you, you played blackjack or some form of gambling, whether it was at an institution or in some back hallway somewhere, you never thought that it would gain that kind of a grip on you. Who of you have, and I don't want you to raise your hand, deep shame because of some of the choices that you've made? Isaiah 53, verse 6 says these words, all we, like sheep, have gone astray. Look at your neighbor right now with your mask on. Say through your mask, you look like a sheep to me. All we, we like sheep, have gone astray. We have left God's paths to follow our own, yet the Lord laid on him the sins of us all. If you've lived into your 20s, you have a scar or two. If you've passed your 30s, you have many scars. 
And anywhere beyond that, you have a ton of scars. Some wounds come from others, though. They're not wounds that you've inflicted on yourself. It's not because you've made some bad choices. Some wounds actually come from others. Like the alligator, our enemy waits. He waits for us to wait out a little too far from safety where he can attack us on his ground, where he has the upper hand. 1 Peter 5 verse 8 puts it this way. Listen to his words from the New Living Translation. He says, stay alert. Watch out for your great enemy, the devil, a serpent like an alligator. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. You don't have to hunt for him. He's hunting for you. He's looking for you to make one little mistake. For those of you that are listening to me right now in particular, it's Mother's Day. Some of you ladies listening to me today have had deep wounds inflicted on you, not by your own decision. It's not been your own decision. It was inflicted on you. And while these are clearly a byproduct of sin, it was not your own choice. And it's messed you up. I'm trying not to look at anybody in the audience right now just so you don't think I think you're messed up. So some of you are suffering because of these scars and impositions that's put on you. And I want you to hear me when I say this. It was an attempt to destroy you. But I want you to hear these words. You are here listening to me right now. And that is that very fact is a testimony to the fact that the Lord Jesus Christ stretched out his scarred hands, took hold of you, and drew you back into safety. Many of you have wounds that you've received that are not of your own volition, male and female alike. That means you didn't make them happen, your own volition. So scars, we all have them. Some of them are emotional. Some of them be comes from a family member who we love or family members that we love. Some of you have physical scars, literal scars, physical. And I'm going to add this last one, but there are many of them I could name, but I'm going to add this last one. Some of you have spiritual scars, spiritual scars. That means they got to you from the household of faith. Somebody that loves Jesus hurt you. It happens. And I said all of that, I wanted everybody included, for all have sinned, like the scripture says, and come short of the glory of God. We've got, we've got mess, whether we intended to have mess or not. We were born into sin. I know that's this concept. Some of you are very young listening to me right now, and that concept strong, hard for you to understand. And at the right time, parents can explain and describe and help you understand. But, but I'm, I said all of that to say this. My second main point, I'm glad for scars. I'll help you make sense out of that. It comes from a passage in Isaiah. And I want you to hear these words from the great prophet from Isaiah 53. Yet it was our, our weaknesses he carried. It was our sorrows that weighed him down. And we thought his troubles were a punishment from God, a punishment for his own sins. Verse 5, you can pull that up there. But he was pierced for our rebellion crushed for our sins. He 
was beaten. He got the scars. So we could be whole. He was whipped. So we could be healed. And I know that is primarily speaking to our spiritual sickness and sin that he wiped away. But I want you to understand it includes your physical healing, but it includes your emotional healing, even if you have scars that you didn't bring about of your own volition. He was pierced. He was crushed. He was beaten so you could be whole. Look at your neighbor right now and say, I am whole. Come on, say it. I am whole. I'm glad for some scars. That's from Isaiah 53, verses 4 and 5. Some of our wounds are because God refused to let go. I'll say it again, uh, and you've heard me say it in a different form, and I'll explain it, but some of our wounds are because God refused to let go. You've heard me say it before. If you spend any time listening to me preach, I've talked about this fact that, that God will sometimes throw a brick because we do not listen to the whisper. Thank God he throws bricks sometimes. During your struggle, the Lord Jesus Christ has been holding on to you. Some of you can name those moments. You can name the moment, those moments when God wouldn't let go. Come on, let your spiritual mind and your, your, your mind just run back to those moments when you know God was there. Oh, I can inform you of one. It's so hard to stay still on the platform, folks. I want to come down there and be with you, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be good. Yeah, I do have an alligator story, but I also have a... Some of you know that I got shot in this shoulder when I was just 14 years old. And... and when, when that happened, it didn't knock me to the ground. It was a rifle, 30-30 rifle. And it knocked me to the ground. And I was saved. I was, I was newly reacquainted with God. I'll put it to you that way. Because I got saved when I was younger. But it was just a few months prior to this event that I, I made things right with God and never looked back from that point. But was hunting down in the Everglades and and when I hit the ground knowing that it was me knowing that this had just happened you're in a state of shock 14 years old we're in the Everglades people that was back in the day when you could actually hunt in the Everglades it was Thanksgiving weekend and so my ex family there was a bunch of us family all of the guys I mean I had uncle my uncle, cousins, my brothers, stepbrothers, dad, and yes, stepdad. We were all there in camp together. So when I hit the ground, the first one on top of me was my stepdad. Tore off the shirt that was on at that point. And he said, it, it, it looks, it's a flesh wound. He, he, he's going to make it. He's going to be all right. Yelled for somebody to bring him a clean shirt or something. Somebody grabbed a T-shirt and put it on my left shoulder, and he stood there holding it. And they prepared to the, to help me leave the woods, and we did. We, it was we're in the Everglades, people. We're a we're a mile and a half back in the Everglades, <laughs> and so that mean I had to be loaded up on a swamp buggy. And so uh, I believe my stepdad was on top of the swamp buggy over me, straddling me, because. You know, you don't have seat belts and this and that and comfortable place to lay down for that matter. It was just the top and he, he was on top holding me and my dad was driving and it took us about 25 minutes to get out of the woods. And it just so happened.
because it was Thanksgiving weekend and we didn't know what a, who all was coming and how many were coming, in the back of my stepdad's pickup truck was a mattress. Well, they loaded me up in the back of the truck. My stepdad drove. It had one of those little toppers on it, so I was enclosed. And my dad was in the back with me holding my, this on my shoulder. And I remember in those moments, I'm saying all of this to tell you something that I, I, I distinctly remember sitting there thinking, God, I know my life is in your hands. I know my life is in your hands. I trust you, Lord Jesus. You got a hold of me. And I was just 14 at the time, but I can prove the point further. What is now an interstate was at that time a two-lane highway that goes right across, I'm, I'm saying basically coast to coast, across the southern tip of Florida. Literally now, there is nothing but swamp, and it's a national sanctuary, Everglades, on the south side of it. And, and, and it's nothing but a straight roadway. And my, my stepdad got in that truck, and he floored it, and he had it wide open going down the highway. And when, uh, this, is, this is nowhere's people. There are no houses. There's nothing there. And for that highway patrolman to be sitting there on that day, Sunday, of Thanksgiving weekend doesn't make sense to me. But it proves that God was holding on to me in the midst of my trouble. He was hanging on. And he didn't try to stop us because he pulled in behind my dad was in the back with me and he got on a loudspeaker while we're doing 90 miles an hour. And he said, is this an emergency? You could see my dad in the back. And, and they said, yeah, yeah. He pulled around in front of us, called ahead to the hospital. We didn't know where it was. And so there were people waiting from the moment that we arrived. And it just proves to me that God was there. And I need to add one little caveat that makes this story really matter in the eternal sense. I have several brothers, but my oldest brother in that moment had walked away from the Lord. And he saw me hit the ground and he saw the blood and he said, God, if you'll save my brother, I will serve you. And he did. And he did. Some of you can name those moments when God wouldn't let go. You got your own story. You can look back and see the mighty pull, the tug of a loving Savior. And no, I didn't try to bring that on myself. So we're not talking about a lifestyle of sin. But it doesn't matter what your story is. It doesn't matter how you got there. If there's a moment that you can pinpoint where you know that the living God was watching over you. God held on to protect you. You can name the time, you can name the place, whether it was an angel or, or some unseen force that you can look back on. And even, even some of you weren't walking with Christ at the time, but you can now look back and say, thank you, God. You had me in that moment when I was in my ignorance, when I was swimming out into the deep. You knew. You had me, God. You had me. Like the mom in my opening, God pulls passionately to keep us from the reach of the enemy. To pull us out of his grasp. He'll do it. And he's done it. God calls back from the shore of safety. Turn back! Turn back! It's a roadway of evil. It's a pathway of destruction. Stay out of it. He's calling from the shoreline. 
And even when we have fallen prey to the trap of the enemy, some of you right now, you should stand up and shout hallelujah. Thank God for those times that God takes hold of you, even in your sin, even in your lifestyle choices. Come on, give Him praise. If you've been brought back from the brink of destruction, that the mighty hand of God reached out to you, He took hold of you, took you out of the hands of the enemy. You, you may be seated. He, he won't violate your free will in this process, but he will do everything he can to keep you from falling to the path of destruction. Let me bring this thing to a conclusion this morning. You're a child of God. Now, I want you to hear that. Because just like that mom would not, it's Mother's Day, just like that mom, she was like, I'm going to do whatever I have to do. That gator's going to drag me into the water. He's not not getting my boy. I'm holding on and, and, and you're God's child. God wants to protect you from the snare or traps the enemy has set for you. He set them. Sometimes we foolishly wade out into dangerous situations not knowing what lies ahead. The swimming hole of life is filled, it's filled with peril. And we forget that the enemy is waiting to attack. And the source of our scars does not matter. It only matters that you recognize you have them. And that God is trying to keep you from eternal destruction. All we like sheep have gone astray. Paul turns around and repeats it in Romans 3.23. For all have sinned and go... All have sinned and fallen short. But thank God. God reaches out with His scarred hands and snatches you from the hands, the jaws of the enemy. And took your place. Took your place. Listen to it further from Isaiah chapter 53 now. Again, and, and, and verses 10 and 11 this time. Isaiah 53, 10 and 11. Read this way. But it was the Lord's good plan to crush him and cause him grief. Did you hear that? It doesn't work to, to in, in our minds, it doesn't work good that way, does it? It was the Lord's good plan. It was the Lord's good plan. To cause him grief. To crush him. Yet when his life is made an offering for sin, he will have many descendants. He will enjoy a long life. And the Lord's good plan will prosper in his hands. When he sees all that is accomplished by his anguish, he will be satisfied. And because of his experience, (laughs) he he takes my sin and exchanges it for his righteousness. He takes our guilt 
our deserved punishment and exchanges it for his anguish, his pain. He, he takes that in place of what I deserve because of his experience my righteous servant will make it possible for many to be counted righteous for he will bear all their sins all So when the enemy comes to grab you, that's when the tug of war begins. And if you have the scars of his love, his nail-printed hands grabbing hold of you, be incredibly grateful. Can I say this to you? think for one moment that if I were asked the question if it took me getting shot in that shoulder to have my brother saved do you think I was okay with that? I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. Now naturally you can say well that's easy for you to say I mean look you're, you doesn't even look we wouldn't know that you had this if it you weren't telling us you had this. I can show you the scar. But I can say this. God's holding on to you for your dear eternal life. And he will not let you go. And hear me when I say this. However you've come about your scars. Listen, you. everybody's got a story. And, and I'll give you this. I... Just, I got saved young enough that I, thank God, I avoided many of the traps that many of you have walked right headlong into. So I don't have one of those testimonies that I got delivered from drugs or alcohol or immorality of all sorts. I don't have that testimony. My testimony is different because God got a hold of me at the right time. And he held on to me and wouldn't let me go. And I'm a testimony to the safe keeping of the Lord. Now, I'm not telling you that I haven't had sin or haven't had to deal with sin. I have. I'm just telling you, whatever your story is, wherever you fit on this spectrum, the worst of you in this place right now, you cannot be worse than Paul the Apostle. Your story cannot be worse than that, and yet God grabbed hold of him, knocked him off a horse, and spoke into his life. However you've come about your scars, God is reaching out to heal you today. And that's what this service is today. Maybe a different kind of a Mother's Day. I mean, it's different on every level. I mean, all of you know that, if you just pause for a moment. This is the most different Mother's Day you've ever had. And can I say these last words in closing this message? Never judge another person's scars. Why? Because you don't know how they got them. There may be some scars you're actually proud of. I'm honest with you, I'm proud of this one. I'm proud of it. Because every time I see it, every time I feel some little something because of it, I say, thank you, Jesus. I could go further than that. Every one of my brothers is saved serving Jesus right now, and I thank the Lord for that. But, but I got one that I can look at and say, Thank you, Lord. It's worth a scar to me. And when I think about what Jesus did, those scars, those scars in his hands and feet, 
bought my redemption. Maybe you're listening to me right now and I want to focus on those of you that are not in-house but are listening to us online right now. You're listening to me and perhaps you've walked away from Jesus. Perhaps you've, you've never come into a right relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. But now is your moment. Listen, listen to me. I am the voice, but it's God's voice speaking to you, saying, come in, come back to the shore, get out of the mouth of the enemy. I'll pull you out. I'm giving you my best shot right now to, to say, come back. He's, he's just like that mom, yelling as he's running towards you, come back. There's only one way. There's only one pathway, and I will provide it. That's what God's saying to you today, right now, in this moment. Those of you even in house, maybe this, this has brought on some special difficulties. I was talking with somebody this week that, that simply said that, and that this has been very difficult for them in their, their area of weakness. They were thinking about stepping back into it thoughts came into their head. God's crying out to you right now. Maybe you're here right now listening to me. Maybe you're online listening to us, but God's crying out to you. Come back. Come back. He's pleading with you. Come back. He's saying, sinner, come home. Come back. So I want you to pray this prayer with me. I want everybody to bow their heads in, in sanctuary right now, in particular children as well. Would y'all just close your eyes and bow your heads? If you're here right now and not in a right relationship with Jesus, haven't met the Lord as your Savior, or perhaps have walked away from Him at some point, you need to make things right with God today. You're listening to me online and you need to make things right with God. Now is that moment pardon me. Maybe you're concerned right now. I'm wiping my nose out of emotion, not out of sickness. Come back to Jesus right now. Pray this prayer with me. Lord Jesus, Forgive me of my sins. Wash them all away. Wipe me clean. I ask you to forgive me of everything I've done wrong and declare that I am yours now. Amen. Now if you're listening to us online, prayed that prayer, I want you to let us know, please. There's a little box for you to click on to let us know or a way you can send us a message. Just let us know. We need to help you. And if you're in the sanctuary right now and you invited Christ into your heart just now, it's the best decision that you could ever make however and wherever you are, best decision you'll ever make. But let us know so that we can help you to know how to take the next steps. Pastor Amy, come on up here. She's going to help me as we prepare to serve communion today. And I just want to mention, uh, if there's a chance, I'm helping Pastor Amy out because she has a mic in her hand this becomes difficult for her, those of you in-house. Uh, before you do anything, when you touch this, recognize there's a little plastic piece that covers the piece of bread. Tear that, not the whole tab. You will have a lot of trouble, and there will be grape juice places that you don't want grape juice. 
If you've never invited Jesus into your heart or haven't made things right with you, if you're listening to us online and I asked you to get your communion stuff prepared right now, you shouldn't take communion because the Bible informs us that we need to be careful of that. And if that is the case, it'd be best that you not partake of these things because the scriptures say, for this cause, some are weak among you, some have even died because we've partaken of the body and the blood of Jesus without proper recognition. The best thing, however, would be that you actually ask Jesus to forgive you of your sins, come into your heart, and then partake together with us. If you'd stand to your feet with your elements, please. Before we partake of the elements of the Lord's Supper, I want you just to take a few moments, just you and the Lord. Just, just close your eyes and just take take a few moments uh, and reflect on, on your relationship with God. And if there's anything you need to ask Him to forgive you of, do that now. And, and uh, God is going to make ways for you. Um, just to, and this is part of what this represents. He's going to make ways for you in your life. Uh, there's several folks in the practical area of your life. The Lord needs, you need God to make ways. And he just wants me to remind you before you partake. And when you have these moments between you and him, he's going to reassure you and affirm you that he truly does have you. And so let's just take let's just take those the time before we take his elements. partake of the Lord's Supper, just want to remind you that as we do this in remembrance of him, that wherever you're at today, whatever scars you may or may not have, according to the message of Pastor Cole, is just remember, even, even let these elements remind you that you are richly loved by God. You are richly loved by him, no matter what, no matter what anyone's done to you and I just sense that as we draw near to God in these moments and we honor him with these elements that, that if we can draw near to the love of God some of those scars won't hurt so bad and and that's really what I wanted to exhort you in but you can take the bread and on the night when he was be betrayed the Lord Jesus Christ himself took the bread and he gave thanks to God. And that's what we just did and that's what we're doing. And he broke it into pieces and said, this is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. So let's partake of the bread. take a few moments. We're not in a rush today. Just thank the Lord for what he's done for us. Thank you, Jesus. We just take, just take a few moments and thank him. In it, thanking it, it's just the dew of his love. It, it's, it's really beautiful. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. If you're watching online, just take some time and thank the Lord before we go to the cup. Thank him for what he's done. Thank you for his love. Thank you for his goodness. Thank you for his delivering power. Thank you for his healing of our bodies. Thank you for him, his guarding of our minds. Uh, he's guarded our minds. Uh, he's guarded our souls, and he's continuing to do that. We thank you, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah, people. Get a shout. Get a thank you. Get a gratitude in your spirit for what he's done. Hallelujah. 
Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now let's take the cup. In the same way, he took the cup of the wine after supper, and he was saying, this is the cup of the new covenant between God and his people, an agreement confirmed with his blood. Let's do this in remembrance of him today. Let's just take some more time and thank him. You can leave your cups in the holders. Hallelujah.
a food pantry. So if you can come around, even as early as 3 o'clock tomorrow, you will help us get some more boxes prepared. And if you know anybody that needs food, I mean anybody, they are welcome to come. I don't care if they're from Stroudsburg or as far south as Philly. If, you have, if they want to come and get groceries, we'll give them groceries. All right? God's blessed us. We have plenty to give, and we'll give them as we're able. Amen? Have a blessed week and a great Mother's Day. I hope you've enjoyed today's message and that it has been a blessing to you. Thank you for listening in. If you have met Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, would you please connect with us either at our website, www.centralfamily.net, or perhaps give us a call at 610-865-0577. We'd love to hear from you. Also, if this has been that kind of a blessing to you, would you consider blessing us with a financial gift to make it possible for us to continue to do what we're doing here and taking the gospel not only to the lehigh valley but around the world we want to do our part in reaching the people that god has entrusted to us with the gospel of jesus christ you can help us with your financial gift or sowing a seed to this ministry god bless you have an amazing day remember you can reach us and give through www.centralfamily.net.